You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life with your host, Kim Olver. Hi, this is Kim, and today I want to talk about Gary Chapman's five love languages, where the choice is about continuing to use our own love language or being willing to learn to speak our partners. Whatever your decision, it can change your relationship and your life. Life equals choices, choices equals life. I'm going to start by sharing a story of my husband and I who spoke very different love languages. I didn't know about the five love languages when I was married. I wished I had. It would have made a big difference, I think. I'm a quality time girl. If you want me to know that you love me, you need to spend time with me. Quality time. That means no screens. We're not looking at our phones, watching television, or doing something that takes our attention from one another. We're spending time with each other. It involves eye contact, conversation, realizing that there's nowhere else in the world I'd rather be or you'd rather be. My husband was an acts of service person. He worked really hard to show me how much he loved me. But if I wasn't understanding that's what he was doing, it felt like he was doing the exact opposite because in his working so hard, he wasn't home very often. I can remember after he got sick and he would be coaching my kids in some kind of after-school activity, when I would get out of work, I couldn't wait to go to wherever they were. I just wanted to be around my family. He would often look at me and say, why aren't you home making dinner? Because making dinner was an act of service that he would really appreciate. And I was trying to show him how much I loved him by being where he was. And he didn't understand that was me loving him either. We had a lot of missteps in the department of understanding each other's love language for sure. I can remember very clearly one time when he was quite ill after his bone marrow transplant and he required a lot of personal care. And thanks to the great job I had at the time, I was able to take six months off and just spend that with him. It required me doing a lot of self-care for him, which it never occurred to me not to do. He was my husband and that's what he needed. One day he looked at me and he said, you really do love me, don't you? And I thought, you dummy, I've been loving you for 17 years. How did you not know that? Now I understand how he didn't know because I was not speaking his love language. When I started to speak the love language without even knowing it, he finally understood that I really did love him and I'm so grateful for that experience. The good news is I also realized how much he loved me after learning about Gary Chapman's work. It suddenly dawned on me that my whole marriage was spent with him loving me in an acts of service way and me loving him in a quality time way, and we might as well have been me speaking German and him speaking Japanese. We just weren't understanding each other's love language. And so it became a real passion of mine to help couples learn their love language and learn to speak the language of their partners so that they can communicate in a way that people really understand how loved they really are. We tend to speak the love language we learned in childhood. It's comfortable, familiar, And it's what we know. It feels right. But it's not always true. We don't always have the same love languages as one of our parents. I'm not really sure what my parents' love language is. I've never asked them, but I think my dad was a physical touch guy and my mom was probably acts of service. I'm not sure where I got quality time from, 
but I was drawn to those people who gave me their undivided attention. Trying to become bilingual is a bit painful, out of our comfort zone, and sometimes just really hard. But it's the best way I know to improve a relationship. Let me talk to you about the five love languages. I'm going to start with mine, quality time. If you're a quality time person, you really like undivided attention without electronics. It's about knowing you're important because the person is giving up their number one asset to spend it with you, time. It's usually spent in conversation, deep, meaningful conversation. There's eye contact. Sometimes it's doing new things together. Sometimes it's doing things your partner likes. Sometimes it's doing something you like. Sometimes it's doing something you both like. Vacations fit in well with quality time people. If you're a quality time person and your partner isn't, it's important for you to let them know what it is that you crave, not just because you crave it, but because it's the way you understand that they love you. If your partner loves you, he or she really wants you to know that and will do their best to communicate it in a way you understand once they learn how. Know that it's going to be a little awkward at first, a little challenging, a little bit difficult. It's not easy learning a new language, but if you're patient, it can really make a difference in your relationship. The next one is physical touch. I think this is my second. My first one's quality time and my second highest is physical touch. A lot of people, when they hear physical touch, think every guy is physical touch because it's about sex. Well, sex is a part of physical touch, it's true, but it doesn't have to be the main communication mode. I do some work with military in something called a yellow ribbon event. After people have been deployed, they and their family members are sent to this event where they learn reintegration skills and how to get along better. I can tell the physical touch couples right away because they sit real close to each other. Sometimes it's almost like the woman is on the man's lap. If they're not sitting that way, they'll be sitting with their legs twined together. They're holding hands. You can just tell that they like being physically close to one another. If you're somebody who likes physical touch, you might like to have your hair brushed or someone to put polish on your finger and toenails. You might like holding hands. You might enjoy a nice shoulder or back rub. If you go out to eat, you often sit on the same side of the table. I remember this couple I knew. They were an older couple. They'd been married probably close to 60 years. And every morning when they had breakfast, they held hands while they ate. It was the sweetest thing. They were physical touch. When physical touch people have to be separated by a deployment in the service or some other reason, even a business trip or something that separates them, it can sometimes help if they have something of their partners that they could sleep with just to stay grounded and able to touch that thing. It could be your partner's silk robe or a shirt that they like to wear or something like that. People who are physical touch often spoon when they're in bed, and they are great snugglers and huggers. Affairs are particularly damaging for people who have a physical touch love language. When you've been physical with another person and your partner is a physical touch person, it really communicates to them that you must have loved this other person. It can be very difficult. The next love language is receiving gifts. 
some people feel like they're loved when they get gifts from people. I have a couple of friends who are like this. I'm not a receiving gifts kind of person. In fact, when people give me things, I often wonder if they have an ulterior motive. This just isn't my love language. But I have these friends who are constantly buying me little things when they go on trips or they see something that they think I would like. And it's really sweet because I know that that's their love language and I realize that they're trying to say to me, I really love you. And I'm working at trying to recognize that that's what it actually is. The thing I try to do is reciprocate, not because I feel like I owe them, but because I love them too. And my idea of spending quality time may not be their love language that they really recognize. So giving gifts is something I think about, particularly with them. When people hear their partner's love language is receiving gifts, sometimes they think it's going to put them in the poorhouse, that they have to buy them big gifts to make them happy. But the thing about receiving gifts is... It doesn't have to be a big ticket item. It doesn't need to be a Ferrari. doesn't need to be a big diamond ring. Receiving gifts is about communicating to your partner, hey, I was thinking about you today. It could be that you stop at the grocery store and pick up a flower to bring home. You could pick it out of the neighbor's garden, but don't pick it out of your garden because you might get in trouble for that. It can be the little things that mean a lot to a receiving gifts person. Maybe you left a little love note in the lunch bag that they took to work. Maybe you picked up a little something while you were out of town on that business trip. Just something to say, I see you. I know what you appreciate. I know your style. I know the things you would like. And I was thinking about you and wanted to get this for you. The next one is words of affirmation. Words. It's a funny thing. I was always taught that people learn more from your actions than your words. This isn't so true if you're a words of affirmation person. Words communicate love to you. So you might want to hear from your partner, I love you, or I really appreciate this about you, or you know what I respect about you? Let me tell you the things that I respect. Let me tell you about why I'm grateful for you in my life or the things I appreciate about you. Saying the words means so much to a person with a love language of words of affirmation. I was in a long-term relationship with a man who had words of affirmation as his love language. It was strange to me because words of affirmation were something I never heard as a child. In my family, that wasn't a love language that was being spoken. When I hear somebody saying nice things, especially in a relationship, it makes me think that I'm being manipulated somehow. This could be really difficult in a relationship with someone with words of affirmation as their love language. The first couple of years, I know I worked really hard at trying to understand this love language. It's a stretch for me because it's not at all familiar. In fact, the familiarity I have is towards the negative experience rather than positive. It was a little bit painful, I'm not going to lie, trying to listen to the words and actually hear what the meaning was behind them. It was a man saying to me, I love you. It was even harder for me to try to speak his love language as I tried to say words of affirmation for him. It all felt so disingenuous coming out of my mouth. I almost choked on the words sometimes, not because I didn't mean them, but because it was so uncomfortable for me to say that 
It felt like that's what you do when you don't care about someone. So I know about learning someone else's love languages and the challenges that it brings, but it's really worth it because once I was able to get over that awkwardness in the beginning, using words of affirmation were a great way to connect with this person that I really cared for. Why do you learn to speak your partner's love language? You do it for the relationship. You also do it for you because you want to make sure your partner knows how much you care, how much you love them. And the only way to do that is by speaking in a way that they understand. That's not just one-sided. You also can teach them about your love language and help them learn to speak your language so that you can get similar things in return. The last one I already mentioned when I said my husband was this type, it's acts of service. Acts of service means the person that is an acts of service person likes to do things for you. They might be really happy with a honeydew list. Just make a list of the things that you would love and I will make sure that I make them happen for you. I think my grandfather was an acts of service man. I watched him through three marriages. He actually had four, but the first woman died before I was born. That was my grandmother. And then he went on to have three more marriages. The first three all passed away from cancer. I don't know how he kept going. But he kept those women home with him when they were dying, and he took care of them. He waited on them. He rubbed their backs. He cooked their food. He was so attentive to them. I remember thinking as I learned these love languages that my grandfather must have been an acts of service guy. My husband did acts of service by working hard and staying late and getting overtime so that he could pay some of the debt that we had and show me how much he loved me that way. He was a mechanic, so one of the things he did to show his love was keep my car running well and had good tires and I was always able to navigate. Even though we never really had new cars, that wasn't something that was important to him or to me, but we had cars that worked well and when they didn't, he took care of it. My brother is an acts of service guy. One of the things that he does to show his family he loves them is he heats their house in the winter with wood. He has to chop the wood, split the wood, and pile the wood. This takes a lot of time. If you've ever heated your house with wood and you've been responsible for gathering the wood, it's a huge time commitment, not to mention the physical exercise and energy it takes. He likes nothing better than to call his family into the basement to show off the wood pile that he's stacked up when he's done doing all that work. His family thinks he's a little crazy, but he's saying, look at the wood. But what he really means is, look at how much I love you. That's what he's really saying. Just as important as learning to speak your partner's love language, it's just as important for you to interpret and translate it too. So that when your partner's saying, I love you in their own language, you're able to recognize it. You're able to do that translation and not say, what are you showing me a pile of sticks for? You translate it in your head to, oh, I see you're loving me right now. And then you can maybe do something for them so that they'll recognize that you're speaking their language as well. When your partner's demonstrating love to you in their way, that may not make much sense to you, but remind yourself, this is my partner so-and-so telling or showing me how much he or she loves me. 
You can also educate your children about love languages and those around you. I remember the family I married into was a bunch of sarcastic people. They weren't mean sarcastic. They were more teasing sarcastic. It took me a while to actually understand that and accept that. Now, that's not really a love language, but it was something that was the way that they communicated. And I knew it was out of love. I watched that family and the strength of their love was palpable. My brother-in-law happened to be one of the biggest teases in the family. And he would often tease my mother when she would come around for family events. And my mother didn't quite know what to make of it. I remember telling her once, oh, that's just Randy. If he didn't like you, he wouldn't tease you. He wouldn't even talk to you. So the more he teases you means the more he likes you. And that was all the information my mother needed. Every time she saw him after that, she gave as good as she got, and those two developed a really nice relationship. The problem is when we were children, we learned the golden rule. I'm not here to diss the golden rule. It was a great rule when we were kids to learn that we should treat people the way we wanted to be treated. It's a really good foundation for how to live your life. The problem is it only works with people who are just like you. If I were connected to a quality time guy, we'd be speaking I love yous to each other all the time without having to say it because we'd be spending quality time with one another. But most people, for whatever reason, don't marry someone with the same love language as they have. Rather than using the golden rule, I like to recommend that you use Tony Alessandro's platinum rule. I like platinum. How about you? The platinum rule says, do unto others as they would have you do unto them. The first part of that would be asking what the love language is of your partner. A lot of people have already taken this quiz and they know what their love language is. So it's not that uncommon to say, so what is your love language? And they may actually know the answer. So you have to ask the question, then you want to find out what are the things that really speak love to you. Once you know that answer, then you need to make it a practice to do those things if you want your partner to know how much you love them. When you love someone, you want them to know it. Insisting they learn your love language isn't going to help them know how much you love them. It's great if we can become bilingual together, but if not, why don't you start first? Would your relationship be better if your partner knew you really loved him or her? Might they want to show you more how they love you? Then you can share about the love languages and they might be interested to learn. If you aren't really sure which is your love language, I encourage you to go to Gary Chapman's website at www.5lovelanguages.com forward slash quizzes. Q-U-I-Z-Z-E-S to take his assessment for yourself. You'll see on that page on the left hand side is a link to the couples quiz and on the right hand side is a link to a quiz for children. If you both go there together that's awesome. You can take your phone, he could take his phone, you can go sit somewhere and each take the quiz and then compare your results. If you've asked your partner to take the quiz and there's any resistance at all, don't push. Just let them know you want to learn so you can speak his or her love language so they'll know how much you love them. 
I've written two books about relationships, and I'm very happy to say it's The Love Languages, Gary Chapman's work, that has saved more marriages in my practice than my own work has. I'm also proud to say I have Gary Chapman's endorsement on the cover of my Secrets of Happy Couples book. He's been a mentor of mine in my work without him even knowing it. I mentioned the kids' love language quiz. They have a love language, too, and taking that quiz can help you know how to communicate love to your children. They probably have different languages if you have more than one, so becoming multilingual may be a way to show all your family members how much you love them by speaking their love language. I'm wishing you all the best until next week, which will be March already, when I'm focusing my podcast on the important topic of parenting, the most important job we'll ever do without any training, where the choices you make affect not only your life, but the lives of your children, and by extension, the lives of their children, and on down through the generations. Life equals choices. Choices equal life. Next week, I'll be interviewing Philip Mott, a former disengaged student turned teacher who found it harder and harder to fit into the educational system the more he adopted Glasser's choice theory. He spends his free time interacting with struggling parents on various groups. He's in the early stages of launching his own coaching program, helping parents understand the issues that keep them from expressing their unconditional love. His perspective has been welcomed into the Choice Theory family as he demonstrated in his certification process how reality therapy principles could be practiced with children under the age of four. I have great respect for Philip and the work he does with parents and the way he and his wife are raising and educating their children. Probably more accurate to say how he is allowing his children to educate themselves and him, but I'll let him tell you more about that next week. I hope you'll join us talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.